G'day and welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast, how to turn your passion into a profession. And today's guest uh, is from a project that I interviewed her on called the Monetize Your Passion Summit. And the reason why I believe this interview is going to be so valuable for you on this platform right here is because Vanessa Wilson, my guest today, used to be a law professor, but always loved sewing. Now, what do you do? Continue doing law or take on this passion called sewing? Now, most people would just continue with the law, but Vanessa had other plans. She just really loved to sew. And so she took this passion of sewing, turned it into a profession, but didn't just stop at that. She was so good at what she did. She was able to retire her husband, live on an organic farm and homeschool her two kids all because of sewing. And that's what the possibilities are for anyone that's listening to this podcast, that you can take that passion, that hobby, that thing that you love to do and turn it into a profession. And the intention behind this podcast is to just to highlight the journey, the models, the stories of how someone can take a simple idea like sewing and really go accelerate go beyond the limits and do what they love to do and live a life that's quite extraordinary. At the same token, it's about taking an idea, an invention, an invention like the shoe that grows and creating just a contribution and a change that's second to none. And so if I can hopefully be able to contribute to anything in your journey is to have these interviews be a point of insight, inspiration, so that you can see your own God-given gift and in doing so be able to turn that passion which you love to do and transition it into a profession. So listen in on the Monetize Your Passion Summit that I did and my interview with Vanessa Wilson on how she took her love of sewing and was able to turn that into a profession. Listen in. G'day everyone, welcome to Monetize Your Mission, how to uncover your greatest gift, make money doing what you love and have the contribution that you want to make to your family, your community and beyond. And today, this is going to blow your mind. I have been looking forward <laughs> to Vanessa for such a long time, since I spoke with her about two weeks ago. And if you think you can't make money with something that you love, today is going to blow your mind. <laughs> like completely. Listen to who Vanessa is. She is the crafty Gemini. Vanessa Wilson is a sewing and quilt pattern designer and instructor. She's mostly known for her clear and concise instructional YouTube videos. Her channel, The Crafty Gemini, has over 287,000 subscribers and her tutorials have been viewed 27 million times worldwide. Quilting, people. Quilting. <laughs> she was a law professor, to now turned entrepreneur. Vanessa now shares her lifestyle and crafty skills with a global audience via the web. She teaches viewers how to do everything from sewing, quilting to organic gardening and even woodworking projects. <laughs> her work has been featured on ABC's 2020 and the New York Times, as well as magazines like Quilty, Quilty and Modern Quilts Unlimited. She's the first generation American and a native Spanish speaker. She's earned her BA and a Juris Doctor from the University of Florida. Today, she lives on an organic homestead in Florida with her husband, two young homeschool children, and a 40 plus farm, 40 plus farm animals. Can you admit that? <laughs> Vanessa, welcome. Hi, Rita. <laughs> I'm pretty excited because usually when people are creating, monetizing their mission, it's mm -hmm. Something traditional. Yeah. <laughs> you have found a niche. How did you, okay, first of all, let me track back a bit. How did you come across quilting, crafting? How did it all come about? Okay. So I was quite the crafty kid growing up. Um, my mom was a single mom and we were four kids, so we didn't have much money, but we were very resourceful. You know, my mom was an immigrant to this country and uh, she worked in the garment district in New York City, making clothes uh, in the 60s, getting paid per piece. 
So as a teenager, she was very fast. So she, you know, she can make a little money because she was fast on those industrial machines. So, you know, she grew up on a farm in Dominican Republic and just, you know, immigrants, like the resourcefulness, the making do with what you have. That's kind of how I grew up. Um, I grew up in Miami, Florida, and we were quite crafty. We'd go to thrift stores and buy, say, like board games that were incomplete. And we'd create the parts and the pieces so that we could play the games. You know, like little things like that, that we didn't let it stop us and say like, oh, well, you can't play the game because you're missing the pieces. I would invent the pieces and just recreate things so I can make the game work for me. Well, when uh, actually, when I was eight years old, I asked my mother to teach me how to sew. And because she worked in the garment district, sewing so fast with industrial machines, she would often sew her finger under, okay? So she would pass out, literally, and she was traumatized uh, that that would happen to us. So she refused, as you can imagine, refused to teach me how to sew. So every couple of years, I'd ask her, you know, when I was 10, when I was 12, she'd say, no, no, you're not old enough because the sewing machine we had at home was an industrial machine. So sometime when she was gone, I would turn the machine on and just press the foot pedal. And that thing stitched, I mean, like 2,000 stitches per minute. It was so fast. Wow. I was dying to get into it. But I never did because she wouldn't let me. But <laughs> and when I was in law school, in my second year of law school, I, I hated every second of it. I never wanted to be an attorney. And I was looking like I needed a creative outlet. Okay. Um, I would write papers and they all had to be footnoted. I had to quote other people. Like I didn't have a voice. I couldn't say anything. So I needed an outlet. And so I finally call my mom and I tell her, look, I'm 22. I can keep my finger away from the needle. You're going to teach me how to sew. So she went to a yard sale and bought a, a, a sewing machine from the 60s for $10. Brought it to my house, showed me how to thread it and use it. And I just went off. I took old jeans from my closet, cut them up, turned them into a purse myself with no patterns. I was just like... It was amazing to me to see how a machine could stitch together the two layers so that I could then, with the most fluid medium that I could imagine, I mean, fabric, it's textiles, you can create anything, literally anything you want from it. I just run it through this machine and it holds two pieces together so I can make any two, uh, you know, three-dimensional object, anything I wanted. Um, and I just took off from there. It was, I've, I've always made stuff and I like functional and practical projects. So even cooking and baking, I would decorate cakes. And for me, it was like, this is artwork in the decoration of the cakes. And then you get to eat it. It was like, this can't get any better. <laughs> and then I found fabric. And it was like, you can take this piece of fabric and make something for your dog or make something for your car, make something for your head, make something for your feet. You know what I mean? Like home decor or a bag to wear to school. Like you can turn it into anything. And that just like blows my mind. That's, that's um, incredible. Did you actually practice law before going into never never i hate oh my gosh i never i was a paralegal at an immigration law firm for about three and a half years um and i was pretty much the only one there that spoke spanish so i had my hands in everything at an immigration law firm in florida so um i thought maybe that was the route that i would take because i liked helping my people you know and, and just having my hands in that kind of i'm a people person and very extroverted so that was one of the areas of law that i found that you interact a lot with the people, but after, you know, at the end of the day, it's still paperwork. Yeah. And I, I hated it. It was just so boring. It was just like a number, you know, like write this, a paper, another form, another sheet. And I was just like, not going to happen. So what I did after law school is, um, I worked as an admissions officer at, at my university where I went to school because I did that all throughout college, undergrad, and even in law school. I like helping people. So kids that were unsure of what their major could be, or I want to go to law school, but I'm not sure what to major in. I like talking to those people, even though I hated law school and I never wanted, you know, uh, but my bachelor's degree is in anthropology. So I had to go to graduate school. So I'm like, I have to do something. So I just went to law school. I thought law school sounds like it has some pull, you know, maybe it'll help me figure something out. So that's why I went. And so I didn't turn it down to everybody. Like I didn't tell them, you know, law school is terrible. It just wasn't for me. But I like telling people about it, the experience and having them, you know, helping them to figure out if this is something for them or not. So after that, then um, I, I got married, was pregnant. And then to help my husband earn, you know, add some additional income to the house, I picked up a job as an adjunct professor teaching at a, co uh, at a college in their paralegal program. So I taught law classes there which I actually enjoyed because again, I like teaching, I like helping people. And a lot of these students were um, career changing students. You know, they were, they did something else and now they wanted to change and they wanted to be paralegals. And so what I liked the most about that, aside from helping the students is that it was not in theory. This is real life, paralegal. The attorney needs you to do this, this is what you do. 
I like functional, realistic, practical skills, you know, not in theory. So I really enjoyed that. And then uh, about three years into that, it was part time uh, because we had the kids and I was nursing them all the time, you know, for two years, each kid. And so my husband um, would come home from his nine to five job, take the child for an hour. I would rush to class, teach and then come back. Um, And so that allowed us to earn some extra income, but still keep our priorities in place, which was for me to be with the kids and things like that. And so after about three years of that, I quit and then um, just focused solely on my business. So when you started your business, but that was the time you were a paralegal doing part-time work and then you kind of no, no, I, I didn't. We didn't jump into this until after my son was born after our first child in August, 2009. Okay. I, um, well, when I was pregnant with him, I would make stuff, right? I was sewing. So I'd sew the stuff and I'd post it on my personal Facebook page. And so my friends were also in their mid twenties and they'd say, Hey, my cousin's having a baby. Can I put in an order? So I said, yeah, you know, I wasn't working. So let me just earn some extra income. So then quickly it was like, people wanted 30 cloth diapers and 10 diaper bags. You know, like everybody wanted the same things. And I told my husband, you know what, as a creative person, I only want to make it one time. This is not a sweatshop. I'm not trying to go into creating inventory. This is not for me. So he says, well, instead of making it for them, why don't you teach people how to do it and teach classes? So I did. And so at the local community college, I taught through community education. Um, And I taught some private lessons in my house and the extra room that we had and things like that. And then quickly it was like the exact same classes over and over. So I tell him, if I have to teach these classes one more time, I'm going to freak out. So he says, calm down. Let's videotape you doing the lesson and post it on YouTube. So if anybody asks you for it, send them the link and tell them to leave you alone. So that way I only have to make the project one time ever because it's archived in video footage, right? So I'm like, you're a genius. Let's do it. And that's how we started. Oh my goodness. Your husband has been like, Oh, he's the genius. You should, if you've talked to my kids, they'll be like, my dad is the genius with all the ideas. (laughs) And my mom makes it happen. (laughs) You guys are a great duo. It it is. No, it's a fabulous team. Cause he's very here. Like all these fabulous ideas. And I'm like, okay, come down to earth. How is that going to work? You know? So I take his, I very lofty. I mean, just awesome ideas. It's like, yeah, that sounds great in theory. Let's make it, you know, the logistics behind that. How is that going to work? That's and awesome. so we, yeah. And so we found a really good medium and it worked. <laughs> That's God's gift to you. The, the two people coming together. <laughs> it's really, you have, you teach people now how to make quilts. That's right. All things textile, right? How to use this thing called material. And how on earth, because there are plenty of people out there doing that stuff, but they're not living the lifestyle that you're living. Yeah. So girlfriend, tell me, how is it that you're monetizing this? Okay. So I monetize it in a ton of different ways. I am a, I think because we started off with a business that we've kind of created our own career path online, Mm -hmm. I don't have a business background. So I didn't come into it already with kind of like, you need a business plan. This is, you know what I mean? Like all these business type of checklist things. I don't have any of that. I just invented whatever I thought would work. Try something. It doesn't try something else. And so because we went into it like that with no um, limitations, because there was no set plan. Um, I think I, I look at businesses and business models completely different than most traditional entrepreneurs do. Uh, because of the internet, my entire business was created and has evolved just via the internet. So the way, the same way that we started creating these YouTube videos so that I only ever have to do the work one time, but it's posted to YouTube indefinitely. And I continue to make revenue off the advertisements, for example, that's one revenue stream off the advertisements that run on the YouTube videos. I did the work back in 2009, but that video is still earning me money. So because from the initial step into this world of entrepreneurship, my goal has been do the work once get paid forever. My entire business model is shaped around passive income. And so that's how I try to set up my revenue streams. So one is the advertising from YouTube. Another is, well, as, as you know, on YouTube, the audience is watching the videos and that's free for them. So my viewers are not directly paying me for that, right? The advertisements are based on the amount of views that the video gets. And so I quickly realized, you know, you can't live off of YouTube ad revenue money alone. It fluctuates all year round. And um, it's not that much. It's not what people think like, oh, you're a YouTube sensation. You're rich. I wish. (laughs) So I quickly had to figure out a way to monetize these free followers 
in a way that I could still make some income, but not directly from the consumer because they're, you know, they watch the video for free. So I started reaching out to companies whose products I already use and love and tell them, hey, do you want to sponsor one of my tutorials and host a giveaway as well so that I could make some additional money based on the sponsored post um, and still, again, continue to add value to my viewers' lives and continue to give them uh, quality content for free for them, mm -hmm. but so that I could actually earn some income, you know? And so I started doing sponsored posts. Um, I have done some speaking gigs and things like that, just like what kind of what we're talking about here and how, how I've done what I do. I sold way back when I started, I um, didn't have any money to like print out or create actual uh, tangible products that I could ship out to people. So that's another way that I, I came up with an idea to monetize my skills and my talents in another way that wasn't just video by selling PDF patterns. So different sewing projects and quilting projects, a, a pattern. For us, it's, like a, it's just like a PDF document you download, and there's template pieces or sizing charts and things, and then the step-by-step -step, um, instructions on how to create the actual project. And so I started selling those as PDFs. So again, I do the work one time, and I continue to get paid every time it sells. And so I was able to keep the cost really low. Like one of my most popular patterns is this basic, super simple pillowcase dress pattern for little girls made out of fabric. It's supposed to look like a pillowcase, but I sold it for $3. And people were like, how are you going to make any money selling it for $3? Well, $3 plus $3 plus $3 plus $3 for something that took me two weeks, you know, here and there with a baby, a newborn here and there doing it. I mean, from then till now has made me thousands upon thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? And I don't even remember making the project. Like it's so far in the past. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I started doing those things too. You know, spend the time making the patterns. And then every time somebody buys it, the system I use automatically emails it to them. So I have zero overhead costs. I don't have to ship anything. I don't have any printing costs to incur. I just literally make money in my sleep. Like I wake up when I go to bed and then I wake up the next morning, there's money in my PayPal that wasn't there when I went to bed. So this is one of the things around passive income for me too. And having a web-based business is that when I'm sleeping, you guys on the other side of the world are awake, yes. <laughs> watching my videos and buying my patterns. So for me, seeing like a, uh, an actual, like a mom and pop shop, I don't even understand how a regular store, the business model behind it, because to me, it's like, well, when you shut the doors, there's zero way for you to make money. And then you have to pay for the building, the lights, the electricity, like that just blows my mind because my business is so far in a different direction um, because I base it all off of passive income. And for me and my temperament and, and personality, I have to do that because I'm always looking for the next cool thing to jump into. So if I had to work for every single penny, I would not have the flexibility to jump around and, and do different projects. You know what I mean? So I work hard at something, I set it in place and I leave it working for me. Then I do something else, set that project in place and leave it working for me. So another way that I've monetized um, my business aside from those things is um, I, I used to do some sponsored uh, um, blog buttons for companies that wanted to get their products in front of my audience just with a button on the sidebar of the blog. And for that, it's super simple. It's just like, here are my numbers, how many people I have viewing my blog, and this is what I charge. Do you want to uh, you know, sponsor the blog or not? Um, another way is uh, last year we launched, well, at the end of 2014, we launched an online quilt club. Now, this was my husband's genius idea. And I was like, it's great. How is it going to work? <laughs> And so I actually read this book called Launch. It's by this guy uh, named Jeff Walker. Amazing, amazing entrepreneur. Tons of information for other entrepreneurs that I definitely recommend. The book is basically a step-by-step -step formula on how to take whatever your skill set is, your ideas, whatever you teach, uh, and launch a, an e-product, either whether it be an e-book, an, uh, an electronic online course, video classes, whatever it is. And so I took what I had been building, you know, as far as my email list, my loyal following over all the years, I took that with what he told me to do in that book for the launch. And I crossed my fingers. My husband's like, you got to do this for this, you know, to launch an online quilt club, which is like an, on, it's like a quilt guild. Like people meet in their local areas at their shops and stuff, either weekly or monthly, but this was online, all based via video. Um, and to see if I can take some of that audience that was my loyal followers, but weren't directly paying me for anything. If I could get a, a group of them to actually pay me directly to, to kind of elevate what they were getting for me for free 
on a paid level. Um, and so we launched, I mean, I went from idea to launch in two months. And in five days that I launched it, I had over 500 paying members. I was like, seriously, looking at my PayPal, like, oh my gosh, they're <laughs> actually paying me. This is going to work. <laughs> my husband's like, I told you, I told you. <laughs> so that's but, a pinch yourself moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like there's, there is a hole in the market for anybody to do anything. You know what I mean? Like a niche in a niche in a niche. People have no idea that in quilting, I mean, quilting, first of all, here, at least in the United States, it's almost a $4 billion per year industry. Mm. If you have no idea about quilting, you're like, quilting? No. And I'm like, yes. So the same way that people react that way to quilting, there's so many other niches out there that you can make a business in. You know, you just have to, I, I think the base of it is quality content something that's adding value to people's lives and something that is worth the effort on your end. You know, not that you just think, Oh, this is, this is a great idea. There's nobody doing this. Let me try to do it. If you don't have the passion behind it and it's not worth your time, then you're not going to be able to, to capitalize on that niche. You know what I mean? And the thing is, Vanessa, I think with yourself, the reason why, cause you could have done any, you could have done dresses, you could have done yeah. clean bags. Why did you choose quilting specifically? It's what I like the most. Well, okay. Years ago, we dis, we were trying to decide, if I should just go one route or the other. And my husband says, no, don't limit yourself because you know that on the side, you're still going to be doing these other things. And if you post a picture on social media, people are going to ask you for the tutorial. So you can't just say, I'm only going to do this because I thought, you know, well, I'm too scattered. And he's like, but that's how you are. You know, <laughs> you're like gardening one second and the next minute you're finishing a handbag. And that's how I am. So we decided early on that we were just going to run with it and just build the business on the brand, like a lifestyle brand. So it's like I tell people, I like, I literally make a living just living my life. Everything I do. I make a batch of strawberry jam with my kids. Then we go work in the garden. I go milk a cow. And then I come in here and make a quilt. Like, that's just how I like. That's, 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 that's just, I oh know. That sounds, so let me ask you this. With, so you, you monetize your, the channels in which you monetize is obviously advertising. You've got the blog buttons. You've got sponsor the uh, posts. sponsor posts. And then you've got your membership. That's right. So how does that membership work? So if someone's looking to start a membership, is it once a month that you email out to the group of people? How does that work for you? So my quilt club is, um, it's quite a lot that they get. So for me, I do a live stream because what I do is video. Everything I do is video, video instruction. These people are obviously paying me to get video instruction. So every week I meet with them live on camera for a live stream session where we kind of chat. It's like a getting together with a group of girlfriends and boyfriends, because we have guy quilters in there. <laughs> and, um, we get together, we chat, and sometimes I sew, I do demos, or I'll do kind of product reviews. I'll say like, hey, I just ordered this. This is how it works good. I don't know. You know, we kind of just chat back and forth one hour every week. Every two weeks, I post a tips and tricks video, like a quickie video, tips and tricks and quilting. Every month, I feature a different uh, project that I design, a quilted project. Uh, sometimes it's handbags, a wallet, a quilt, whatever. You know, like it just depends on different things. Every month they get a new project. For the entire year, we do a mystery quilt, which means basically the first in January, I tell them what they need, but they don't know what the design of the quilt is. And then we start in the next month, I teach them one component of it. Okay, cut these pieces, make this piece. The next month, cut these pieces. So every month it's a clue, but you don't know what the finished design is going to look like till we get to the end. And I tell you, okay, all these components that you made, now rearrange them this way and sew them together. So it's a mystery quilt. Wow. Um, my quilt club members also get first dibs on any of my quilt retreats. So this is another way that I monetize my business. I hold, I host my own quilt retreats here in Florida where people travel from all over to come spend four days with me, just sewing, quilting, chatting. We do giveaways. They get goodie bags, t-shirts. I'm telling you, I, the one in October, we had uh, women come from 15 different states in the U.S. and two Canadian provinces. Wow. Yeah. The quilting. Yeah, quilting. You heard it. And so the, for the, I did one in October and I just did one uh, two weeks ago here in Florida. And we had people from all over the U.S. Uh, for those two retreats, I had to do lotteries because they were so popular. So I only had a limited number of spaces and I had like three times the number of people that wanted to go. So I had to do a lottery to get them uh, the spots. And so now I've actually just launched for my quilt club three retreats this fall. And one is sold out and the other two are less than half like there's less than half of the spots left to go. And I haven't even opened it to the public yet. Wow. So get first dibs and then I open it to the public and it'll go like that. And so you've got your own community that you email out to. 
I do. Uh, the Quilt Club is, is on a private website. So they have their own login information. And so that way it keeps it so that it's just the paying members have access to all the information. We have announcements pages. I work with different vendors, shops and sewing machine uh, shops and things to give them exclusive discounts just for Crafty Gemini Quilt Club members. Um, so I do a lot of, you know, a lot of different things that, that adds value to them. And, and with the evolution of your programs and what things you add in, like the retreats that you're adding onto, how do you know that's going to do, do you survey the current members and say, what are you looking for? What's the next step? Is that how you're working with it? No, I mean, quilt, quilt retreats have been going on forever and a day and people mm. love them. So last summer I hosted two up at um, a, a really popular quilt shop in, in Missouri called Missouri Star Quilt Company. And they have their own retreat center that they are constantly cranking out retreats. So I hosted two last year. And that's when I, when I posted that first, cause I told them, yeah, okay, I'll do a retreat, you know? And so I launched it to my quilt club members only. And it was the fastest retreat to sell out of all the retreats that they've ever had. It sold out in less than five hours and like midnight to 5 a.m. It wasn't even during the day. One of the girls found the webpage and she posted it and she's like, oh my gosh, it's up. And I'm like, wait, what? It's already live? And they're like, oh, it's going to run. It's going to sell out. It's going to sell out. I was up till 530 in the morning with them because they were like waking up their moms, waking up their husbands. Like, can I go? Can I go? I need to book the spot. It was insane. Oh my so goodness. The hype around that. I was like, oh yeah, quilt retreats is where it's at. <laughs> Yeah, what I love about you, you're just so casual. You're just so you're because just... you have to be. You know, like we don't have a plan, so you kind of we've grown our business completely organically. And our, our main thing is that we keep in line with our priorities and our values, right? Mm -hmm. So because my family is my number one priority, I had to make whatever money making job anything we have work around that versus making your family work your situation work around your income. We did it the other way around. So as long as we always keep our main values in place, I will find a way to carve out anything to make that work. You know, I don't. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point, Vanessa, because you are a mom of two mm -hmm. and you have been doing this. So how, and I'd love you to speak to that about how have you managed to make that leap and then continue to juggle with kids, yeah. husband, household, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So last year when we launched the quilt club, like I said, in five days, you know, I had over 500 paying members. So the next month, my husband quit his job. I was like, okay, you're free. <laughs> <Quit>. <laughs> He's been super supportive. So over the years, I mean, sometimes we sit in bed and I just think back, I'm like, you remember when I used to come into my studio because I, we didn't have money to have somebody finish the interior of the, this workshop. So I did all the insulation, the painting. I got a neighbor to help me with some of the drywalling. And I just would get on YouTube videos, how to drywall the wall. And I would watch it and learn. And so every night from like 11 PM to 3 AM, I would come in here to drywall with a newborn. So my husband would page me to, from the house phone to the phone I had in my studio. It would just beep. So I knew that the baby was awake. I would walk in literally with drywall compound all over, like my eyelashes practically glued shut and like just stand there. He would lift up my shirt and nurse the baby on one side and nurse her on the other. And then I would go back to work. And like, when I think about that, I'm like, who does that? But when you're in the moment, you just do what you have to do. You know what I mean? Did, like you, I, I, did you feel sorry for yourself in those moments? Going, no. Look at me. Look at me. No. I was like, I'm almost going to be done. And then I can say I finished this whole studio by myself. That's why I do it, you know, because my husband's not handy. You know, he didn't grow up like outdoorsy. You know, he grew up more like in school and stuff. And um, I like it. I like a challenge, you know, so I don't care what I have to do. I do it. It's fun. Like some of my videos, I think some of the most popular ones, I have a newborn baby strapped to my back. It's pitch black. Cause you can tell it's like two in the morning and I'm filming a tutorial on my quilting machine. She woke up and I would have a little mattress for her here for my daughter. I would have a mattress for her here. So if she would wake up and my husband had to get up early, you know, for work, I'd sometimes would just bring her to the studio with me, nurse her, put her down and then just keep quilting. But if she would stay up and she didn't go back down, I would just put her on my back and she's as content as can be. And I can keep on filming. You are an inspiration. That's just inspirational with a capital I. <laughs> but it shows, I mean, it goes, and, and I get it a lot in the comments and things, you know, it just shows people like, I'm so glad you did that because it shows like, you're not perfect. You're just a mom. And like, you just do what you got to do, you know, in the garden. I have a video tutorials of us gardening and like working the rows and there's a baby on my back. And I mean, I'm just not going to stop. I incorporate the kids in everything, you know? 
And, and that's what's interesting because your lifestyle is actually because you homeschool, homeschool the kids because you can. So if people come out, you don't even take them to school. Mm-mm. People come to the, the kids and they... No, we're here. It's just us. So we're here. Yeah, we do it all here. And we follow something that's called unschooling mm-hmm, so we, mm-hmm. it's not like a set curriculum and it's not like today eight o'clock after breakfast you're yeah. gonna sit down and do your abcs we don't do that the kids just learn through life all their everything that we do on a daily basis you know if we're cooking we're baking i'm we're talking about math you know we need half of a cup so this is half of a cup this is one cup what does it mean you know what i mean like we just teach it in in the same daily life experiences okay uh, and we just, it's kind of like child-led learning. Whatever their interests are, that's kind of how we go. So, for example, we'll be here on the farm. We see a snake eating one of our ducklings, and we're all like, there's a snake eating a duck. <laughs> and so it's like, learning experience, come on down. And so I start to tell the kids about how the snakes can open their jaws wider than they are, you know, to fit something bigger. And, and then my son got obsessed with snakes. So then we'd go to the library and check out 15 books on snakes. And then it's just snakes, snakes, snakes. He wants to learn about every poisonous snake. And so you kind of just let them guide it based on their interest. And so that's kind of... And so how old are the kids? They're six and four. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. And you find that that's more convenient based on your lifestyle and based on their education? Because it's all because it's a lifestyle thing. Yeah, it's a lifestyle thing. Yeah, we're quite... Uh, radical kind of hippie you know just <laughs> uh, let them do whatever they want but that's how we do it but, that, but that's also because it yeah, really feeds right. to the values that you have i mean look at you you're working with material make your own stuff you're living on an organic farm exactly no then that that's our priority you know what i mean like my family in this lifestyle those are our priorities so as long as i can continue to provide for my family in those ways and keep exposing them to these types of experiences then you know whatever i got to do to make that part work is what i'll do so what would you say vanessa because how long have you doing this for by the way uh i started on youtube in 2009 so seven years seven years yeah. and what on earth possessed you to put video tutorials on youtube like like because you weren't getting money for that i mean did that click up eventually i'm working towards that month? no no it was because i didn't want to teach the same thing more than once so my husband, you know, he was like, why don't we videotape it? And that way you only ever have to do it once. Send them the link and tell them to leave you alone. Well, then people from all over the world started writing me saying, hey, I saw this video. I, I finished this project. You know, can you do a video on this? Can you do a video on that? And um, I enjoyed it. It was fun for me. I like to help people. You know, people would write me and say, it would be a mom and her husband's in the military. So he'd be overseas. And she'd say, hey, I made your little dress. My daughter wore it to church on Sunday. And now people are placing orders. So now I have a little business. She's like, thank you so much. So I'm here telling my husband, like, with these skills that I'm teaching these people for free, I'm making jobs. Like, I'm creating jobs. Like, teaching these people skills that now allows them to earn some money for their family. That, to me, is why I do it. It's fun. I love helping people and teaching them things and, and encouraging them to see that they can do it, too. It's not that hard. So let me ask you this, Vanessa. Someone's in a nine-to-five job or just a mom at home looking for something else to do that's going to feed their soul and feed the physically their kids and their lifestyle. What would your advice be saying, I just don't know what to do or what idea to run with? What would yeah. you say? My first thing is, and, and I've, I think I've, I've developed this idea based on my experience and how I'm able to look back and see like, oh, you know what? That did make sense. I have gone back to all the skills that I had as a child, skills that I had naturally and things that I enjoyed to do, you know, before you were conditioned to think education, education, get another degree, because that's what I was conditioned to think. You know, my mom was always like education, even while in law school, I told her, I hate this. She's like, well, finish it and get a PhD. Keep going to school until you figure it out. And I'm like, "Uh, no, this is student loans. I don't have money for this. Okay. Um, And so for me, Ever since I was a child, I was always a teacher. I always helped people. I like to help people. And I always like to make things with my hands. I like to be resourceful. I like a good puzzle or a good challenge. Um, and and those, I mean, the things that I'm good at today are those things that I was naturally good at when I was a kid. I was the narrator for every one of my school plays from first grade. I mean, from when I was five and six years old. I was always the one, if there was a play going on about a storybook we read in school, I was the one at the podium reading the story to the people. I was never afraid of big crowds. I was always, you know, I just, I always spoke in front of people and I went to teach from like seven years old. And that's what I do now in front of a camera. And I, and I talk and people are like, do you write notes? I'm like, no, I don't rehearse anything. Everything I do is ad lib. I just turn the camera on and I go. 
So for me, if you, what I would say to somebody who's looking to make a similar jump is to go back and you may not be able to remember yourself because I didn't really think about those things until I was able to connect it to and be like, you know what, this is the same thing today. I would go back and ask the adults, maybe teachers or parents or aunts and uncles and things when you were a kid and ask them, what were you like as a child? What were you naturally good at that? They were like, wow, you know, the things that they used to tell you, like, you're, you're really good at that, that you don't really think of those things tap back into the skills that you naturally have and what you actually enjoyed as a child. Mm -hmm. What did you love to do? Like I often tell people, like I ask myself if I didn't need any money, what would I still want to do every single day? And for me, that's create and teach. And so that's why I'm able to jump from craft to craft because I don't get tired. I like to learn and I'm a good teacher. So I think that those two, I learn something and I don't have to become an expert in it. I just complete whatever the, the task is. And I'm like, oh, this was easy. I can teach this to somebody. And so right there, I can flip it and then teach somebody else the same task. So that to me, I think if you tap back into the things that you're naturally good at and things that you enjoy to do, that combination there is always a winning combination. And everybody has their own, you know, natural talents that they're amazing at that somebody else for me it's like singing i look at people that can sing and it blows my mind i'm like how is that coming out of your mouth how do you do that mm -hmm. i'm one of those people i think i can learn anything and I, I can learn anything except singing i can't sing because it's it, i don't have it <laughs> everything else i can learn <laughs> so i watch those corny like singing shows and my husband's like what are you doing and i'm like i just love to hear people sing because it blows my mind mm -hmm. it's like if I could learn, I, you know, because I like a challenge, but I, I just don't have it. <laughs> so if you go back to the skills that you naturally have, I think the, the one thing about that part of it is that it allows you to jump ahead. If there's somebody else who wants to do the same path as you, but they don't have that natural talent, they now have to start at step one, to overcome that. So say you want to be a, speak, a, a sports broadcaster, but you're scared to speak in front of a camera you're way further behind than somebody like me who's like, turn the camera on, I'll go. You know what I mean? So yeah. tapping into the natural talents first uh, and the things that you enjoy and try to find a combination along those lines. And I think- mm. And I think you speak the complete truth because when I tell, teach people how to find what they're good at, we go into that. What did you do before conditioning came? One yeah. of them, that's perfect. And that's exactly what you're utilizing. Mm -hmm. So now that you have this awesome lifestyle, which I was, I was asking you before this interview, do you pinch yourself? You know, cause if you don't, I'm going to come over there and pinch you. <laughs> oh, I do all the time. I look at my husband sometimes. I'm like, you're living the grand life. Like, this is, you know, we could just like, we're here just with our kids go outside. It's a beautiful day and no set schedule per se. It's just like, Oh, I think I'll do, you know, I can be inspired by anything and just like, Oh, this would make a great project. Let me go create it. And teach it and then make money off of it. You know, like it does. Incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, look, it's incredible. But what's really important is that you weren't, and that's what you said before, is you weren't an expert before you jumped. You just did it, just got it. your head around it, and then went and monetized it. Yeah. So you because didn't you wait 10 years for the degree oh, no, or something. You can't wait for anything. And that's oftentimes what we would get. Because we were young parents with like newborn babies and starting, they were like, people were like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, we can't wait. Mm. You know, it's always like one well, five years I don't know I do it now and you just jump all head in and now we're like thankful that we did because now we can enjoy the kids still being young yeah. and our lifestyle of both of us being home I mean that was the goal what if I could get my husband to be home with us that was the goal that I was going towards like and, and it's funny because when you set these goals it's like you have the goal but you're like seriously how am I with quilting going to get my husband to quit a state job with benefits? Like never, you know, but you're like, that's the goal. But you're like, really? I don't think so. But at least me, the realist. My husband's like, I always knew you could do it. And I'm like, did you, but did you really? <laughs> so you just have to keep working towards it, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And so now that you are at home with the kids and your husband's at home, if someone now is in a position that could come before if you're looking to jump, if someone's already jumped and is in the entrepreneurial space, but Vanessa, they're struggling. They're struggling to have consistent income, consistent revenue. Yeah. Of all the things that you've done to monetize the channels and ways, what would the number one recommendation be? A subscription-based online. Okay, subscription-based online. Subscription-based. Whether it's, 
you know, because you can do subscription based on a ton of different things, whether it's uh, continuously putting out content or video lessons or online eBooks, like just something that's online. And I just say online because that's what I do. And because it's, it's practically free. You know, mm-hmm. I started my entire business without a dime. Yeah. Like, there was no, when you, when you go to these um, workshops and things on entrepreneurship, it's always like, try to find an investor. And for me, I'm like an investor. I can't sleep at night knowing I owe somebody money already mm. without being hundred percent sure that the business is going to be sustainable. You know, I, that's not me. So I prefer to take a slower, easier, more organic route. <laughs> and um, um, I would definitely say a, something with a subscription base, because at least with a subscription base, it's an automatic payment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and another reason is because for myself, I have to do the same amount of work, whether I have five members or 5,000. So that's something else. If you have a following or you build up an email newsletter list, um, if you have 30 clients that sign up for the subscription base, you at least know that those 30 Mm. as you are continuously coming in, the the revenues coming in while you can then continue to do the same work and, and then reach out for other venues to, to gain more clients to add to that group, you know, cause you're, you're always going to have people that drop or whatever, um, in the subscription base, but at least if it's subscription based, you can have some kind of continuity in the revenue that's the income. Which is, I think is a perfect timing because I know as part of this interview, monetizing mission interview series, you're so generous as you are and you love helping people and you're giving two gifts away as for those people who are actually listening to us right now. And could you please talk about the two gifts that you're offering to our viewers? Sure. Um, the two gifts are two uh, PDF documents that I have put together based on my experience, my kind of tips and tricks. Uh, one is on how I make money in my sleep and how you can make money in your sleep. That's what I call Literally. it. Literally. That's what I call it because it, it, it makes more sense. Like, seriously, I go to sleep, I wake up, there's money in the PayPal. You know, it wasn't there. It's, it's genius. It's like, why doesn't everybody do this? Um, but, uh, it's a, it's a one page PDF document with kind of my tips and things and they're actual action tips that you can apply right now, what, wherever stage you're at in your, uh, in your business plan. Uh, on how to make money in your sleep, otherwise known as, you know, passive income or residual income. Um, and the other is on using YouTube for business. YouTube is a massive platform. A lot of people don't know, but YouTube is the second largest search engine after Google. So the same way people are going to google.com to search, you know, with search engine optimization things, it's really hard to get on that first page of Google. But if you're doing quality videos, it's way easier to get on the first page of YouTube if somebody's doing the same search. So it doesn't have to be instructional videos. For me, it happens to be instructional videos, which is genius because if you have something that you can do with instructional videos, they're evergreen, right? The videos, the content doesn't expire. It's not based on, on a specific thing. 10 years from now, you can type in how to use a sewing machine and my video from 09 is going to show up and it's the same way how to use a sewing machine. So if you can, if you can come up with something like that to start creating videos of uh, even short quality videos, you know, using the proper keywords and things that will make your business stand out that people maybe are searching for. will find you in the video talking about it. Um, different tips on how to do that kind of stuff. And, and I think every business, should, I mean, YouTube is free, yeah. you know, and it works for you 24 seven all around the world. It's like, why is every business not on YouTube? I mean, that's Excellent. how I see it. Excellent. And I think they're brilliant. So how to make money while you sleep. Yeah. Hello. And, <laughs> and using YouTube for business. How to use YouTube for business. And those links, guys, will be in the email that's been sent to you. So those links will there. So click on it and you'll get access to Vanessa's like absolute wealth of gold that she has. And she, <laughs> it's not like it's a theory. Like she says, it's no theory. No, nope, I've applied it. It's from my experience. Because another thing is, you know, since we created this path, I didn't have any mentors. I didn't know anybody that did anything like this. And so I wish I would have had somebody. So that's why I like to give the information out. And oftentimes I get asked, you know, well, you're giving people your tips and tricks. And I'm like, so you're not me and I'm not you. You know what I mean? I can tell you everything that I do and you're still going to find a different way to apply it because you're not me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not you. So I, can, I have no problem sharing, you know, information with people to help other people do the same thing. Cause I find that so many people are struggling. And I'm like, I love that abundance mindset. I love that. It's not, it's struggle straight. It's my stuff. It's no, it's the internet. There's room for everybody. (laughs) Look at you. Like, I just, I love it. Now, Vanessa, before you wrap up, I just, I'm finding something very interesting about you just speaking with you. And that is, there is an intensity to you Uh, that I find that it's so (laughs) rare. Okay. And I want to just, um, before I end, because I have to get inside your head now, because people will say, you know, step one, do this, do that, do, 
but there's a different sense of energy that I'm getting from you. Mm-hmm. What can you, and I don't even know how to articulate that to ask you to explain it to me and to ask, yeah. what is that about you? I'm just very extra. <laughs> <laughs> which a lot of people find very annoying. It's like so much in your face, you know? But for me, and I think that this goes into my teaching style and, and when I do speaking gigs, I'm so passionate about it that it's like people open your, you know, like I'm one of those people that I try to help people, but you know, you can't help somebody unless they want to help themselves. Yeah. And that part of it really frustrates me because I'm like, if you really want it, you can do it, you know? And they're just like, oh, you're so lucky. And like, <laughs> no, 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 listen you put in the work and you get the results. And and that's just, I think it has to do with the way I was raised and my work ethic. I naturally have a lot of energy to begin with. I I don't drink any caffeine. I'd be up for 40 hours. I can't do it. My mother is in her sixties and she runs circles around me. So we're, you know, we're just, let's go, let's go, let's go move, move, move. It's always do, do, do. Like I always have to be doing something. And so part of it is it's a combination between my natural energy level my passion for what I do, and then also my work ethic. There's no job that's beneath me. And my husband said that that's what attracted him to me. We used to work together. And um, there was something going on where like, I, ha- I had been working for a while, but they hadn't, uh, they messed up something with my paycheck. So they hadn't paid me in like a month or something. And I was still working, busting my behind off, pulling signs out of the ground in like not- super hot Florida summer. And he was just like looking at me like, this girl is like, there's something about her, like she's not even being paid for this and she's still giving a hundred percent, you know? And I think that this is just my work ethic, whether I'm getting paid or not, I always give my all. And so because I was putting so much, I think into the free YouTube videos, my husband was like, if you put this amount of effort into something that doesn't pay you, imagine if we found something that you love to do and paid you. That's what we, you know, that's the route that we were kind of trying to carve out exactly how we could do that. Oh, that's just it's a combination of all those things, I think. Sweet. But I also think, you know, Vanessa, you're talking about your resourcefulness as a kid. Yeah. The fact that you were raised by a single mom, you just had to make it happen. You know, find yeah. a way, find a way, problem solve, problem solve. I love it. It's fun for me. Mm. I, I do best when people limit me. Like even when companies, when they, uh, they want to do a sponsored post, they say, well, you can pick any product, any whatever. I said, no, no. You tell me which, what's the new product. What do you want to promote? What is the one thing that you'd like for me to highlight? Give it to me and I will design something around that. I like to have limitations and then I just create something massive around it, you know? So the, the challenging part or somebody telling me all oh, that can't work, it's like, oh, watch me. <laughs> you know, that, that's what, that's my drive. You know what I mean? Like that's what triggers me uh, and gets me to act. Awesome. Yeah. I love a challenge. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Obviously, and guys, how to make money while you sleep and how to make, use YouTube for your business. I don't even have to rec- look at it. It's just, it speaks volumes to how Vanessa has come about to where she is. So go check it out. Go find out about it because those are the golden gems that Vanessa is giving you this free content to get inside her head and apply it to your own self. Yep. Vanessa, you've just been an absolute bomb. Thank you so much for joining oh, no, us. I'm glad. Thank you for letting me it's share been- my story. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a pleasure and guys go on to and view Vanessa's videos and check out what she's doing if you're into quilting if you're into designing if you're into wanting to know how she does it get part of her list and that's how you're going to really integrate with what she does wouldn't that be correct oh absolutely that's that's a great way to do it and, and, and this is something that I recommend for people to do it's not so much as researching your competition say but it's seeing what other people are doing and picking out the nuggets that you like, because I'll watch some instructional videos and I'll say, oh, you know what? It would have been better if the angle of the camera would have been this way. And so I take those little, you know, the way that I interpret other people's work and incorporate it into mine to make mine better. So that's another thing to do. You know, don't just block yourself out and do your own thing. Research who's out there doing similar things, or it might not even be in the same niche. You know, you might be just researching other people and what they're doing. How are they reaching out to their email newsletter list? How are they plugging this product or that product? And that way you can pull little tidbits. I mean, at least that's what I did to grow my business because I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anybody with knowledge and information that could or would share it with me. So I had to like, you know, scrounge the internet trying to find out like, how are people doing this? Oh, I'd get an email from somebody and I'm like, oh, it's an email newsletter. Maybe I should start one of those. You know what I mean? And just kind of doing it that way without knowing what really was going on. (laughs) And just quickly, Vanessa, if you could do it all again, would you have gotten someone to show you the ropes? This is what you do with our step. 
No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe I would have gone. And you know what? Because even at the beginning, when I first started, I would speak at conferences. I would kind of look around and say, like, why are they here at this conference? You know, like I would never. I don't know. I think maybe it's because I'm cheap too, to pay all this money to go to a conference to hear the same thing that I'm already thinking in my head, but I'm just scared to apply, which is what I found in a lot of these things. You know, they collect all this money and they're telling you all these things. And I mean, it's very inspirational on hearing other people's stories. But the bottom line, like you say, the golden gems is stuff that I think a lot of entrepreneurs already know. They just are waiting for somebody else to tell them. Oh, I have my husband in my ear. So he would tell me all these things and I never would pay him attention. And then I would hear it from somebody else. And he's like, that's the same thing I've been telling you for five years. And I'm like, you know, you're right. But it's just, you're waiting to hear from these successful people then validate it and make it be like, oh yeah, what I was thinking was right because so-and-so made money off of it. And they were saying the same thing. So for me, I was just like, you don't, you don't really need all that stuff. You know, it's cool to like get tips and tricks here kind of, you know, or, or understand the basic premise of trying to run an online based business. I mean, the email newsletter list is your ticket to printing money. That's what Jeff Walker says in his books. And it's, it's true. I had a list. I never used it for what, I don't know what it was for. You know what I mean? And so then doing some research and being like, Oh, this has some value. Yeah. I can email these people and tell them to buy this. Oh, let's try it. Um, I think that because I grew organically and I figured everything out like that on my own, it allows me to keep my values in place a little bit more in a way that I know what the important things for me are in my business and what's not versus here's a checklist, do all these things and you're going to be successful. I rather make the work that I'm doing and the way I'm running my business work around my main concern which is my family you know so it's like yeah this might be i mean i have tons of different things that i could do to make a lot more money but i don't do them because it's not worth the time for me to be away from my family you know what i mean like to grow my business in that sense and we always i mean over the years we have turned down a ton of opportunities because it wasn't in line with the end result of how we want to run our business and so that's part something that's really important to me is to keep it small so that we're always in control of every decision and we don't ever let a paycheck control what we're going to do, you know? Love it. I've had companies reach out to me and tell me like, Hey, do you want to do an endorsement on your farm for, and then I'm like, for what? And they're like, for an allergy med. And I'm like, me, I would never push a pharmaceutical. I'm like, how dare you even ask me? No, no, but it's not a commercial. It's kind of an endorsement. I'm like, never, you know? So it's for me, it's like, literally, I don't care how much you pay me. I'm never going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so keeping, it's like value inventory. You know, these are always our things and we always go back to them. If they're not in line with our values, we're not going to do it. So we just, as, as slow or as fast as a business would grow, just making sure that they're in line with our values. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Vanessa, thank you so much for the wealth. Thank you, Rita. I know we went out there. We go over on time. We sure did. I love to. <laughs> It's an absolute pleasure. And guys, check out Vanessa's stuff. And like you see, it's just the passion oozing out of her. And (laughs) I'll catch you soon. But guys, thank you so much for watching. And Vanessa, as always, we've spoken before. And for this time, thank you wholeheartedly. No problem. Thank you, Rita. Thanks, guys.